When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon, Jack Riccardi. Hey, good afternoon. I love the story about the kid that ordered the cheeseburgers. I love that story so much. So he was playing with his mom's phone, three years old, two years old, right? Yeah, two. Playing with his mom's phone, and um, he somehow ordered 31 McDonald's cheeseburgers through DoorDash. Now, Now, I'm wondering, I mean, does this mean she probably is a regular uh, customer of cheeseburgers from McDonald's like it was already loaded in you know I mean I can't see him I can't see him like spelling that out you know so it seems like that might have already been in there so we just learned a little bit about her guilty pleasures but uh but it's I mean it's hilarious right I mean and if you're going to order 31 of something 31 cheeseburgers pretty good right now what I think we should do is promise the kid a cookie if he can find baby formula all about that um, I heard the news, you probably just did too, here at 4 o'clock, that uh, the Spurs got approval to play those four home games away from the AT&T Center. So it's all over, everybody. That's it. It's all over. We're all going to go downtown tonight and burn our Spurs shirts on Commerce Street. That's it. It's all. It's done. They're gone. It's over. We're not on the map anymore. You remember, <laughs> remember when they used to say that? The politicians used to say, this will put us on the map as a city. So uh, we're, in, we're not on the map. We're, we're being erased from the map. Yeah, they're going to play um, four, ga- four home games, not at home. What's more 21st century than that, right? Home games that aren't at home. Where are you? I'm home. No, you're not. Well, I'm home. So they got, uh, they got the commissioner's court to approve it. They'll play a game in the Alamo Dome, which is nowhere near here. I don't know where that is. They'll play one in Mexico City, and they'll play two in a place called Austin. I don't know where it is. It's Austin. So that's it. It's over, folks. How do you feel about that now? I'm sure there'll be people blaming Popovich, right? Scott said he did this. 210-599-5555. So the president went to... Buffalo today, and we talked about this yesterday. I, I don't know when it became a thing that presidents had to go to the places where people have been suffered, have suffered or been injured or been through a trauma. Is this is something in our lifetime that started? I, you know, I don't think I don't think like President Coolidge went to wherever there had been a tornado or a hurricane or a fire, or, but you have to go now. And if a president, any president, doesn't go to the scene of a tragedy, then, quote-unquote, he doesn't care. So President Biden went to Buffalo. I, I would still argue he doesn't care. They've been asking at the White House, why didn't he go to Waukesha when the guy drove his car into the Christmas parade? Remember that? I mean, the question answers itself. You're gonna you're gonna wait for a mass casualty, mass violence event that suits 
your purposes. So we've gone from presidents not going to these things because there's no actual reason for them to go to presidents going to all of them to presidents now going to the ones that fit the the narrative. And so the the Buffalo shooting, and I hate to say this, and I don't mean any disrespect to the victims, but the Buffalo shooting is the one the Democrats have been waiting for, right? I mean, as far as they can tell, this is going to serve their purposes. This is going to lead them in the talking points that they have ready to go. They have those laminated talking points in their car, in their wallet about, uh, you know, nation of racism and Trump's America and we need more gun control and we need more background checks. J- Jacob Sullen, by the way, wrote a great piece at Reason.com. It just went up on their website a short time ago. Why background checks do not stymie mass killers. And he cited statistics from the National Institute of Justice on mass shootings from 1966 through 2019. And I'll just give you the the top figures. Um, In mass shootings of the last 50-something years, 77% of the perps bought the guns legally uh, or obtained the guns from family members who bought them legally. Only 13% of mass shooters uh, obtained firearms through illegal transactions. So... 87% of mass shootings were carried out with guns that would not have been touched by the thing that the the left is claiming is the answer to these shootings. And I want to ask you, from what you've seen of of this, this killer in Buffalo, does it seem to you like if you had thrown a couple of speed bumps his way, he would have changed his mind? I mean, I'm trying to understand human nature, but I think when you reach a point where you are determined to do the things these people do, laws, obstacles, extra steps, are not going to be that discouraging. And if you're planning on killing people, which is the single worst criminal offense, right? It's the top of the top then you're not worried about being in violation of other laws because you know you're going to be, either you're going to kill yourself, you're going to be killed, or you're going to be put on trial for for murder. And so being in violation of other things, oh, I violated a gun law, or I violated a speeding law, or I violated my, I didn't file my taxes in time, it's not going to be important to somebody like this. So I want to talk about that today. And then, I love this. With everything going on, okay, we've got, you know, mass casualties. 98 people were shot in Chicago over the weekend. You don't even hear about that because it wasn't one person one time. But with everything going on, the gas prices, the inflation, the baby formula, the war in Ukraine, everything, Congress today was having UFO hearings. Did you see that? I I mean, that's master, that's master class. Diversion right there. I mean, the UFOs, I'm, I'm fascinated by it. Don't get me wrong. I could talk all day about it. But really, right now, with everything Americans are going through, with everything going on in our world, today was the day. We got to get to this UFO thing, right? This is it. Americans demand action. They don't call them UFOs anymore. They call them UAPs. 
And that's Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. That new name stinks. I think UFO is way... Am I just old? I don't like anything new. Yeah. <laughs> like UAPs? That sounds like something I would have to ask my doctor about. Anyway, they had a hearing, and um, they didn't really get anywhere. Some more footage was declassified. Some more video was shown. Um, it It is clear that the Defense Department is saying most of the time we know what most of these things are, and in a few cases we are going to say at least that we don't know what they are. Do you believe them? You know, I can believe that they don't know everything, but I can also tell you I, I, I'm, I'm quite sure they're holding stuff back. I'm quite sure that a government that doesn't trust us with basic stuff like whether or not to get a vaccine is definitely not going to trust us if they know or have reason to believe there's intelligent life out there. It's just, it just If you reverse engineer it, it's hard not to conclude that they don't want us to know what they know or, or to know what's really going on. They don't trust us with small stuff. They're not going to trust us with what would be the biggest secret they could possibly have. So I, I'm, I find it fascinating. I certainly don't know all the answers, but I kind of come at this from, of course, they are not telling us everything. But by the way, why is the UAP thing at the Defense Department? Why is it a DOD thing? If this is no big deal, doesn't seem like it would be the Department of Defense. Does that kind of give away the game right there? It's not just interesting or curious it's not weather it's the defense department i mean come on right what do you think what do you think about ufos i think there's i think there's life out there i think there's other civilizations and inhabited planets and places we we know about but we don't know there's life there i think there's life in the universe i think there's probably stuff in transit there's there's civilizations on their way here there's civilizations that have already been here there's tons of archaeological evidence that we've had visitors besides which just look around you right they're they're already they're already in the gene pool just look at congress telling you the aliens have already been here but yeah i i believe that um at some point we will all be brought face to face with the reality of it. At some point, we're gonna we're gonna have a moment. We're gonna have an occurrence. We're gonna have a an encounter. You know, hopefully not like Independence Day or Mars Attacks, but I mean something that isn't a question of whether or not you believe anymore. It'll be real. It'll be real for everybody. And I'm actually, uh, I mean, I love those movies, but I, I'm actually an optimist. I I still think there's ways this could go well. We've got the president going to Buffalo. We've got new gun uh, control proposals uh, in the wake of the uh, shooting in Buffalo. We're going to be talking more about all of that. And then we've got the uh, UFO hearings in Congress, just to show you that they know where, where it's at. Um, they, they know what the, what the conversation around the family dinner table is about. And um, I want to know what you think about the whole UFO, or as we're now supposed to call it, only I'm not going to, the UAP issue how would you even is it wap <laughs> is that uap 
It's unexplained aerial phenomena. Here's the key. Here's the key. I think that uh, there's intelligent life out there. I think they've made ne- many, many forays into our world, over, over, probably over the course of all of human history. Uh, there may be some of them here now. Look around you. But at some point, we're going to have the meeting of meetings, right? It's going to be the big moment, the big unveil. They're going to make their presence unmistakably felt. It's going to be formalized. And, and it's going to happen in the United States. If they've studied this planet, they, they've got to know that they've got to deal with the United States. So here's the key, in my opinion, that whether this will go well or will go poorly, it depends on which part of the country they meet first. And I can say this because I'm from the Northeast, but they'd better come to the South. They'd better come to the friendly open, let me pour you a cup of coffee, here's a piece of pie, American South. Because if they go to New York City or Boston, we're toast. I mean, it's over. They don't like strangers, you know. And uh, they're, not, they're not good with outsiders, newcomers. It's not doesn't work for them. This is the way they are. I'm, I'm from there. I can say this. I've never met anyone anywhere more open and friendly and courteous and cordial and just, you know, syrupy, sweet than the American South. That's, this is where they need to come. They need to come right here. Otherwise, I, I, then I can't promise anything. If they go somewhere else, I don't know what happens. They, the, they go to the West Coast, I don't know what will happen. They've got to come right here. 210-599-5555. All right, so Congress held hearings today, and... Stephen is on 550 and 107.1 KTSA. Stephen, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jack. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm well. Uh, you know, I, I don't think there should be any doubt that uh, the aliens are among us. Just uh, take a look at Adam Schiff. They're in Congress. Mm. It, Man, I uh, hope not. I hope that's not who they are, but okay. And, you know, um, and yeah, I mean, they... they they don't even trust us with even the most minute bit of information. They have to remind us to wash our hands uh, after using the bathroom. I mean, really? Do they really want us to know everything? No, no. And I mean, they love you know, secrets. They love they love having secrets, and they think we're a bunch of idiots. So they're not going to they're not going to give it up. Absolutely, and also the actual uh, fact of the meeting, the so called meeting. Uh, one day, I mean, they're going to be looking out for Will Smith because uh, they're going to say, hey, this guy slapped people. <laughs> <laughs> well, wouldn't Will Smith already, he would already be on their ish list because he flew the fighter jet in Independence Day, right? So yeah, they're, not, they're already they're already thinking he's the enemy. That's right. They're looking for him. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I will say this. I will say this. I know most people think it's going to be terrible and calamitous and end times i i think it could actually i i can see ways it could go well i really do or or not <laughs> or not or not i may be i may be wrong i've been wrong about a lot of things Stephen, thank you i appreciate it yeah no i i you know what i like being a contrarian and i'm gonna be a contrarian on this so most people think it's it's uh something scary it's been the fodder for so many sci-fi movies but i i, I would like to think there's some possibility maybe that um look they're going to look at us and 
a lot of how they relate to us is going to be, well, where are they at? And everybody assumes, everyone I've ever had this conversation with assumes that life from another planet will be greatly advanced over ours, right? That's always the assumption. Well, they're going to be much smarter, more advanced. They're going to look at us. They're going to see us having wars and shortages and, and, and hatred and, and dirtying the planet. And they're going to, look. but you don't know that. Why, why are you assuming they're going to be these? giant-brained know-it-alls. They might, they might be, they might roll in a town on fumes. They may be, just barely make it here. Maybe they've got problems where they come from. You ever think about that? There could be another Democratic Party out there somewhere. Just saying. <laughs> I mean, you don't know. They could get here and they could be like, wow, we can relate. Some of you look familiar to us. Do some ancestry.com. So I don't, I don't assume that they're coming in with hostility. I don't assume they're geniuses. I don't assume they'll have the answers to all the problems and all their meals will be in a pill and they'll, you know. But I get why people think that because the UFO phenomenon or phenomena often involves craft that are performing in ways we can't wrap our heads around, right? I mean, that was all seriousness. That was the, the point of these hearings. How is it that those tic-tacs or those triangles or whatever, how is it that even our most advanced military people and our pilots who fly our most advanced planes cannot explain what they're seeing? So I, I get that. They may have some capabilities we don't have, but they may also have some limitations. They may have some struggles. They may, maybe we learn from each other. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know. They might be like, the Elon Musk guy seems pretty smart. We want to get to know him. I, I'm just saying. 210-599-5555. Maybe they don't have Apple. You know? Just throwing that out there. So what do you think about UFOs? And uh, and why is why, why of all times is Congress having these hearings now? I mean, it, really, seriously. It's, it's like a joke, right? It's like a Saturday Night Live sketch. You just picture them in a back room going, well, we can't fix any of this. We can't fix the gas. We can't fix the inflation. We can't. This would be a good day to have the UFO hearings. <laughs> People have been waiting for us to do that. We could do it any time. Let's do that now. I think that would be a good, that will get them off the other stuff. Except it's not going to get us off the other stuff because we're going to talk about it. Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. All right. So I want to talk about that. I want to talk about the president going to Buffalo. I want to talk about um, this mass murderer who seems to be the one many on the left were waiting for. They they skipped the last several mass shootings. They 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 held their, you know, tongue, they kept their powder dry, pardon the pun. They didn't react. President Biden didn't go to Waukesha because the the shooter, the perpetrator and or the victims were not a good fit for what they wanted to say. This one happens and they're all over it. I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious. So Congress having its first public hearings on UFOs since the early 70s, and the Pentagon, the intelligence agencies, uh, were peppered with questions, and uh, we didn't get very many answers, really. Um, they basically said, well, most of the stuff that we've seen or that people have reported to us has an explanation. A few of these things don't. You know, it is interesting... I learned today that the 
the um, number of incidents being reported has gone up in recent years. And I wonder if that's because there's more incidents or if that's just because there's less stigma about reporting them. Because, you know, the old cliche was, well, you know, somebody saw a UFO. <laughs> you don't need me to finish the thought, right? But, uh, no, I mean, we have, we have our fighter pilots seeing it. We have naval ships seeing it. We have, we have places where thousands and thousands of people in an urban area have all seen it and documented it with their camera phones. So I don't know how long uh, they can keep their secrets, but I believe they are keeping secrets from us. I, I think that's just in their nature to do, you know. Knowledge is power, and uh, they're consolidating it. And, and, and uh, I'm sure there are a certain number of these incidents that even they don't know, meaning the government doesn't, really don't know what the heck happened or whatever, and maybe they don't want to admit that. Um, you know, I'm sure there's numerous explanations. Again, all kidding aside, I'm sure some unexplained things are from other countries. And we don't know that they can do that. Uh, some of them are probably our own stuff that one hand isn't telling the other what we're doing. I'm sure we have programs within programs within programs developing stuff, right? In our massive federal budget. I mean, we, we have, we've all heard about Area 51. I always figured... If we've all heard about Area 51, there has to be something like that that we haven't heard of. They don't even they don't even have a name for it, right? And then, you know, and then possibly some of it comes from somewhere else. Just cross your fingers that when the people from another world come here, they meet Southerners. They come to the southern United States. Uh, otherwise, I think we're in big trouble. That's our best hope right now. Seriously, if they come to Bucky's, I think we're okay. 210-599-5555. But of course there's other stuff out there, and there are other things out there, and we're not it. Of course not. You know? Maybe I just say that because I, I don't want that to be true. You know? I believe there's more out there. Uh, Dev is on 550 and 107.1 KTSA. Dev, good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fine. You know, I really believe that there is something out there. And I will have to say, uh, even if they made it in your own fumes, like you said, they still would be more advanced because they can do something and travel through space that we have not been able to do. So they would have to be some sort, even if they're similar to us, they would have mm-hmm. to have some you right. know, advancement in their technology or physiology to be able to travel through space like this. Right. Uh, you know, uh, but, you know, on, on your other point, the government's talking about it now because of, with the gas prices, inflation, and everything, what is the one thing that they can unite a country under? Because we're all curious about it. No matter if you're a Democrat, Republican, no matter what, you throw that out there, people are going to mm-hmm. stop thinking about, oh, all these problems, mm-hmm. or have they, are they going to show us a real UFO? Are they going to show mm-hmm. and tell us that they know about them? They never did today, because I watched it, they never did, mm-hmm. but nope. it got us thinking about everything other than the problems we're having. Well, maybe they're holding some stuff back in case gas prices go higher. Like, if gas prices hit $6 a gallon, then they bring out the alien. They're going to show us a picture then. We might get a right. picture of him. You know, oh, listen, if it's $6 a gallon, they'll have him testify. They'll bring him up there and he'll talk. Yeah, <laughs> You watch. <laughs> or, if, or if Biden's poll numbers go any lower... Uh, I, I believe we'll be hearing from Mr. Alien Man. I really do. But, Dev, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. 210-599-5555. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that... that I, I know this hearing was scheduled a while back, but, 
you got to love the 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 contrast, right, or the split screen. I mean, the country's falling apart, and they're they're having the they're having the UFO hearings. I mean, it's you know, makes its own gravy, right? Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Today is primary day in a number of places. By the way, this is that Pennsylvania Senate primary uh, that you've been hearing so much about. Um, very competitive race with uh, Doctor Oz and Kathy Burnett. A guy named David McCormick all locked into a three-way battle for the Republican nomination there. And uh, Madison Cawthorn, the youngest congressman in Congress in North Carolina, he's got primary challengers. And Idaho has a, a battle. The governor of Idaho and the lieutenant governor of Idaho are both Republicans. But he's kind of a rhino. His name is Brad Little. And Janice McGeechan is kind of a muckraker. So every time Brad Little leaves Idaho, she does stuff that he doesn't want her to do. They're like a feuding couple. They're like the remember that remember that comic strip, the Lockhorns. <laughs> no, Jack, no one remembers that but you. Anyway, they're like the Lockhorns. So that's going to happen up there. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll chance to talk about all that later on and see what the results are when we reconvene here tomorrow morning. Um, yeah, just kind of talking about various things. The um, the question about uh, the UFOs, the Spurs getting approval to play four home games away from home, and what you think of that. The um, president going to Buffalo. The explanation for why he didn't go to Waukesha was uh, given by Jen Psaki. She, at the time, was the White House press secretary, and at the time that that happened, when the man drove the car into the Christmas parade and killed seven people and injured, I think, 50 or 60 people. Um, and he was African-American and most of his victims were white. Uh, Jen Psaki said, well, it's a waste of local resources. They've got, the, they've got their hands full up there. They've got plenty to deal with. A president re- visiting a community ties up a lot of assets and resources, and we, we're staying in touch with them, but we don't want to bother them. I actually think that's the right, that's the right answer for all of these. No one ever uh, survives a massacre, a tornado, a flood, climbs out of the, the ruins of their home and says, oh, man, I hope the president gets here soon. No one ever says that, ever. This is a weird, artificial, political trick or artifice that we've invented that needs to go away. You know, I really, I, I just, it grinds me that, that, that we have these big, elaborate eye care photo ops. There's people who care. They're the people who live in these places. And they're changed forever by what happens. I mean, think about going to the supermarket after you survive something like this. A a quick hit from the president, whoever the president is, is just not what people need. And then I, I can only imagine how it feels to see them trotting out their political wish list and their talking points and standing basically, if you will, not literally, but figuratively standing on the bodies of people you knew or you were next to in the produce aisle or something and and, and just regurgitating old talking points. Could we just stop it? Could we just could we all agree that whoever the president is cares? And we don't need the trip. 210 599 
Who is the president? Did you see what Elon Musk said about that? He was uh, doing an interview, and uh, he said a number of interesting things. He worried about inflation, says we could wind up like Venezuela. Talked about the acquisition of Twitter. Um, and he was very uh, critical of the people in Washington right now. And he said uh, the Biden administration doesn't seem to get a lot done. He said the real president is whoever controls the teleprompter. There were a lot of people in the Trump administration who were effective at getting things done. This administration seems to just not have the drive to get bleep done. The real president is whoever controls the teleprompter. I mean, I'm not trying to turn him into an oracle, but because, I mean, you've already thought this. You just don't have the platform that Elon Musk has. But it's nice to hear somebody else say what you and I have already thought, right? Which is, well, who's, who's writing the stuff he reads? Who's, who's the one, who's the they telling him, they told me I can't talk anymore. They told me I have to leave. They told me I shouldn't take questions. That, that's who we need to get to, right? It's, it's really not him. But they've put a lot of effort into convincing us or trying to convince us that it's him. So I'm getting uh, excited. I want to watch uh, my Celtics take on Miami tonight. But I really shouldn't watch the uh, the NBA playoffs because I'm white. It says Deadspin, which is a sports website. Deadspin says white people watching black players compete in the NBA playoffs is white supremacy. Quote, White fans were entertained by black athletes a day after a racist killed black people in Buffalo. This is what white supremacy looks like, said Deadspin. So, if you are enjoying the NBA, that's not some sort of like leisure time activity. It's not patronizing a business because you know you're sort of giving them your money or your time or maybe patronizing their sponsors hey those wings look pretty good let's get some of those no 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 if you're if you're if you're watching the nba playoffs i guess if you're watching the nba regular season um you are a beneficiary of the systemic racism it's so wrong that you're sitting there in your little living room with your uh, 10-year-old car in the driveway 46-inch TV, watching people who are paid hundreds of millions of dollars play basketball. How dare you? Who do you think you are? I mean, you have to laugh at this stuff. You have to. It deserves nothing but laughter right in their smug little faces. Now, I realize people write this stuff for clickbait, and I'm playing into that right now in a way. See, well, Jack, you should just ignore it. I'm not a big enough person to ignore it. I have to. <laughs> I'm sorry, but no, I'm not going to. I'll ignore it later. I'm not going to ignore it right now. No, look, I, I, I think that there are people covering sports that really don't get sports. And what I mean by that is not that they don't get the X's and O's or they may know more stats than I do or they can name more players than I can, but they don't get what, what it's about. And they're, they're really trying to do, 
to sports what they've done to so many other parts of society, which is get it to where you only see the skin color. And I just don't think it's working. It must be very frustrating because it's just not working. The fans are relentless. They just want their games. They just want their their diversion. They just want their entertainment. They want something to to yell about and 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 get excited about or bet on or whatever it is. Have fantasy leagues. And they're just they're trying so hard to make this one more thing in the war between the races. And so it just doesn't seem to hang together. I'll be watching. Despite Deadspin. And you know, here's the other thing that's sad about this. Um, the, the beauty of sports is that it forces us to. It, 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 and if you're not a sports fan, bear with me. I know this is not for you. But for people that watch sports, people that get into soccer or football or basketball or whatever, the thing that it does is it, it forces you to stop dwelling and angsting right? It takes you out of that for a little while. And we need that. All of us need that. You may have it some other way. Maybe you do something else. But for those of us that love a good basketball game or a good football game, that's what it does. And we need it. And the people telling you don't do that are giving you advice that's bad for you. I mean, it's bad medicine, I think. Seriously. Also, how are they helping the black athletes? Where do they think all the money in this business, and it is a business, where do they think it's coming from? You know, whoever's in the seats, whoever's in the stands, white, black, whatever, the money is green. You better hope they keep watching and attending. If they got their way, if, if yahoos like this got their way, um these athletes wouldn't have the contracts and the, and the riches and the instant wealth that they have. I, I think they would all prefer that over picking and choosing who's in the stands and who's watching on television. All right, Dennis, without thinking, okay. I want you to give me the first answer that comes to mind. Uh-oh. All right? <laughs> if we opened the center console in your car, what is, what is the number one thing we would find in there? Napkins. Yeah. I, what is it about Napkins. Well, the thing is, I, well, I I was actually going through my center console last night, so <laughs> that's why that's I know creepy. what's in there. That's weird. I know. I don't. My, I did not is, know that, folks. No, uh, no, because normally I don't have napkins in my center console, but and I'm, I'm driving around, I'm like, oh, I need a napkin or a tissue or something. Yeah, and uh, I made sure I put some in there. I I tend to if I've got a few left, you know, when you grab four or five of them at a at a fast food place, if there's any that aren't used. I'm religious about sticking them in that center console. Yeah. And I can tell myself that well, that's because I'm a father. <laughs> but my daughter's 17. She's not, you know, we're not, she's not making messes back there anymore. No. But when they were little, you could never have enough paper products. I mean, you needed to have all kinds of things ready to go, you know, a tank, a sprayer, you know. But, but, but now I don't know what the, the napkin thing has become a compulsion. I have so many of them. And then I was looking underneath the napkins, underneath, and, and I think a lot of people would say this too. I have a lot of masks. But I'm ready for that next wave. Uh, and then I have a lot of coins. So if payphones come back, 
if for some reason the payphone comes back, I I am so ready with the coins. I've got the coins in there, um, and uh, that those are my big three: napkins, masks, and coins. So open up the phone lines right now: two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. I want to know what is in your center console, or what's the main thing, or what's the first thing. If you know it without looking, you can just tell me. If you need to look, don't look while you're driving, please. Uh, but 210-599-5555, what is in your center console in your car right now? Uh, what would we find r- the most of if we opened it up right now? 210-599-5555. Remember when they called them, they used to call them glove boxes. Anybody got gloves in there? Not a lot of demand for gloves anymore, especially in this part of the country, especially when it's 100 degrees. But, yeah, they called them glove boxes. All right, 210-599-5555. What's in your center console? Yesterday was the first day on the job for the new White House press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, and she had a rough outing. Uh, this video, this audio went viral of her answering a question from Fox News' Peter Ducey. Take a listen to this, cut number six. How does raising taxes on corporations lower the cost of gas, the cost of a used car, the cost of food for everyday Americans? So look, I think we encourage those who have done very well, right, especially those who care about climate change, uh, to support a fair tax code that doesn't change, that doesn't charge manufacturers, workers, cops, builders, a higher percentage of their earnings, that the most fortunate people in our nation, and not let that stand in the way of reducing energy costs and fighting this existential problem, if you think about that as an example, and to support basic collective bargaining rights as well, right? That's also important. But look, it is, you know, by not, if, without having a fair tax code, which is what I'm talking about, then all, the, every, like manufacturing workers, cops, you know, it's not fair for them to have to pay higher taxes than the folks that, who are, who are, who are not paying taxes at all. It's, it's a disastrous answer, but I, I'm not going to pick on her. You know what? I mean, it's it just, it's a mess. But look, with an answer like that, Corinne Jean-Pierre could be the vice president of the United States. You ever think about that? Everybody was was down on it being a, a bad answer from a press secretary. I'm like, that would be a great answer from Kamala Harris. That might have been that would have been like Kamala Harris's best answer ever. Just saying, you got it's all how you look at it, right? It's it's all the but seriously, she's not new. I I love all the people that are saying you need to cut her some slack, and you white people need to get off her case because she's the first African American LGBTQ. Look, she's not new. She should be good at it because she's been doing it all along. She's been Jen Psaki's, uh, you know, backup. She did the weekend briefings, and she did the briefings when Jen Psaki had COVID, and she did the briefings when she. Uh, when when Saki was traveling with the president and and Jean Pierre was back inside the White House, so I don't want to hear that she's new. Um, it was it was a it was a word salad. I'm sure she'll get better at it, but I don't think they have a lot of answers over there. You know, you could say it better, but it still wouldn't be an answer. Anyway, two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. So much hypocrisy about all of this. So what's in your center console? I want to know. Uh, anybody else? Got the napkin thing that Dennis and I have going on. I mean, it's just insane. It's insane. It's ridiculous how many napkins I have. I'm never going to run out of them. I might run low, but then I'll grab more the next time I go into a, you know, 
a place. All right, let's see what's in there. 210-599-5555. Napkins, pens, masks, coins. Anybody get gloves? Brian is on KTSA. Hi, Brian. Hey, Jack. So, you know, I actually keep my napkins, like, in the uh, the pocket of the door. But in the center oh, of the yeah. I have some uh, uh, nail clippers and those little microfiber cloths to clean uh, eyeglasses with. Oh, why the nail clippers? You know, if, um, if, if I need to clip my nails and I'm sitting in a stoplight, why not? Oh. You, don't you better, clip better them at home? Than, uh, doing it, you know, in front of an office meeting or something. Oh, okay. So that's kind of like your time killer when you're stuck in traffic. Yeah. Oh, all right. Okay. And and so, um, how about napkins? How you, you have a lot of napkins in the side pocket, or a few, or what? Do you, what's the deal? Ever growing pile. Yeah, just like you, I've got enough. And just like you, you know, I have a teenage daughter now, and she used to use them a lot more when she was younger, yeah. but. Now you don't don't really need them, and they just kind of keep accumulating. I I would feel I would feel like I could not drive without them. <laughs> I I would actually bring napkins in from the house if I if I ran low on the fast food napkins, I might have to take napkins from the kitchen. That's how I feel about it. All right, Brian. Brian has nail clippers in his center console. What do you have in yours? Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Perry is on KTSa. Hi, Perry. Hey Jack, how are you? Good. How you doing? Oh great. Hey, uh, over my center console, I got a tire pressure gauge. I got uh, stamps and a pen, a checkbook, and the napkins are in the glove box. Got oh, wait a minute. Napkins. Wait a minute. You've got stamps and a checkbook. Yeah. What's what's going on there? Oh, I just carry my checkbook with me. And, Oh, okay. All right. So you don't leave it in there, but you 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 stick it in there when you drive. Okay. Yeah, but because I, I don't write checks, but I, I use my debit card and I have to record everything because right. I'm a numbers guy, and right. I, it's got to be to the to the penny. But I got a tire pressure gauge, and uh, under the driver's seat in the back, I have a four-way lug wrench. So nice. you know, we've got to be prepared. Yeah. yeah, I have a pressure gauge in the... I had forgotten about that. Way down in the bottom of my console, underneath everything else, because I almost never use it, I have a pressure gauge. I don't trust those those dashboard lights. I want to see for myself what the tire pressure is, right? I agree. I agree. Yeah. Plus, you get a text every, I don't know, every week or two from discount tire. They tell me to come to check my tires. They want to check my tires every week or two, so... There you go. All right, a very practical guy. Perry's got all practical stuff in there. He's not wasting space with napkins. He's got a tire pressure gauge, 210-599-5555. What do you have in your center console? What's What do you have the most of, or what's the first thing we would see if we opened it up? Liz is on KTSA. Hi, Liz. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. I've got uh, some cash in my pistol in the center console. But the napkins wow. are in the side door. Okay. You've got cash and a pistol. You are not messing around. Nope. Carried it for uh, 37 years in there. Very good. And when you say cash, do you mean like a few bucks? Or is this uh, like your emergency fund? or About 25 well, bucks? I okay. To, I have a bad habit of running out the door without my purse to go get milk. Mm-hmm. 
and I get down there and I have no money, so I keep that yeah. in the center console just in well, case. Well, you have the gun. I mean, if you don't have the money, just, you know. <laughs> just Never had just, tell, him, just tell him he needs some milk, you know. I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. Liz has, has a gun and some cash. I'm hearing like Smuggler's Blues by Glenn Fry in the background while I'm hearing this call. All right. Thank you, Liz. Good call. Uh, 210-599-5555. I'd like to see that guy that I met in traffic a couple of weeks ago do that with Liz. That would be interesting while she's out making a milk run. All right. So what's in the center console? 210-599-5555. I want to know the main thing or the first thing or the thing you have the most of in your center console of your car. For me, it's napkins. You can see what kind of an exciting life I lead. Um, coming up in about 10 minutes, a prediction on what gas prices will be this summer. Wait till you hear this. All right, uh, Brian is on 550 and 107.1 KTSA. Brian, good afternoon. Hey, Jack. Love your show. Can you hear me all right? I can hear you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, what's in your center console? Well, one thing I have in the center console that I use a lot... Uh, one, at least once a week, is tweezers. I feel that tweezers work perfect, perfectly when you're at a, a red light. You can get at those pesky nose hairs or ear hairs. <laughs> I just I just hate when I turn to my right or left and I, I see the people in the car staring at me, you know, in the car next to me. I'm like, mind your own business, man. <laughs> so you're, you're, using, you're, you're using your time in the car to do some personal grooming. Yes. Manscaping, is that what they call it? Yeah, manscaping, that's right, yeah. All yeah. right. Well, yeah. the important thing is you're doing it. I mean, at least you're doing it, right? You're not, you don't have like a forest sticking out of your ear. Yeah, so. And by the time I get to my destination, I'm looking good, you know? You're looking good. So uh, you, Brian's a guy that hopes he does get caught in traffic, so he'll be able to get all those nose hairs out. You're not Italian, are you, Brian? Uh, no, no, actually not. Because okay, I'm Italian, and we have, the, we, we have more nose hair and ear hair than any other ethnic group i don't know why we produce way more of it so be glad you're not italian otherwise you'd have to take the long way home every day to get to get all those nose hairs out all right betsy's on ktsa betsy what's in the center console Hi, jack uh i would say the first thing you'd see would be a lot of over-the-counter medications oh okay pain reliever so, allergy medicine cough drops comes yeah. somebody always you believe in being prepared something. you want to be prepared that's a mom for you Yes. Like Moms also have, do you have any car. snacks? Do you have any snacks in your center console? You know, I used to do that, and mm. the kids got older, and I kind of stopped doing that after they stopped yeah. complaining every day upon pickup being hungry. So There you go. Because, yeah, at a certain age, you've got to always have, like, a granola bar or something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So if, so if you all feel right. a little under the weather, wave flag down Betsy. She's got all the... Right. She's got all the meds in her. She's got the medicine chest in her center console. Thank you, Betsy. Um, I'll tell you a true story. If this happened to a friend of, of mine or a friend of my family's. Um, she used to keep uh, like granola bars and and uh, you know packages of crackers in her glove box, not her center console. And she got mice in her car. She had mice in her garage, and they find that stuff. So don't leave food in the car. Um, and 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 God help us if they find the gun. I mean, I'm just saying. Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. What would we find if we opened your center console? And Grant is on KTSA. Hi, Grant. How you doing, Jack? And Good, sir. How are console, you? You're going to find a bunch of 
my single little operation business cards for my barbecue catering. Oh, okay. You keep your business cards in there. Very good. Do you get a yes, lot sir. of occasion to hand those out? I do. I always have a stack in my pocket, uh, yeah. hand them out at work, and get quite a bit of business selling Very barbecue. Good. And mainly it's my dry rubs that people are buying right now. Do you have any free samples in there? No, no samples here because I only okay. make the rubs when you call me and order them or email me and oh. order them. They're made just as I don't have them hanging around in a dispenser or a container any place. It's the ground fresh, roasted, all that stuff when you order. So. Wow. Very cool. That yes, sounds sir. like a very cool business, and I can see why you'd have those business cards close at hand. All right, Grant, thank you. Appreciate that. Very tasty. All right, what would we find in the center console? Chris says to Jack at KTSA.com, lens cleaner wipes. A lot of people are uh, saying napkins, so we can move past the napkins. We'll assume We'll assume everybody's got some napkins in the car somewhere, right? And if you don't, now that you've heard this show, you're like, i got to get some napkins. Uh, but what else do you have in there? 210-599-5555. Dane is on KTSA. Hi, Dane. Hi, Jack. Thanks for the call. I've got so what would we find in your center console? Nothing but CDs, just music. I've got yeah, about I think that's actually what's there, supposed to be in there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that actually, that actually oh, makes, that goes in the car, yeah. <laughs> So tell me right off the top of your head, who are, who do you listen to on CD in your car? I have a bit of a mixture, mostly uh, two steps from hell, and they do the they do movie music, okay, or trailer music. And then the other main one is uh... <laughs> Just because I'm asking. Right, the minute you hang up, you'll remember it. I know, right. <laughs> Yeah, mainly biggest collection is Two Steps from Hell. I just love the the movie music, all the orchestral stuff and whatnot. I was I'm, I'm kind of old fashioned about stuff, and I was blown away when I I didn't even realize when I first bought my car that it didn't have a CD player. This is the first vehicle I've ever owned that didn't have a CD player, and they're not putting them in anymore. Really? Yeah. So keep that whatever you're driving, keep it on the road as long as you can. Is it only Bluetooth or what? Uh, it's well, you know, they have like the infotainment, so yeah, you can do Bluetooth oh, and AM, FM, XM, uh, streaming, but you can't. There's no, there's no CD player. I guess you know, I guess that's. I, to me, CDs still seem modern, but I guess they're not. I guess they're like uh, horse and buggy days. So, but I'm with you, Dane. Keep the CDs. I imagine there are things that people are not mentioning, right? You know, there's stuff that you don't want to. You're a little embarrassed to have, or would sound like Don Cooper, our producer, just told me what he had in his center console, and it, it sounded a little weird. So I'm glad we didn't mention it on the air. It had an innocent explanation, but it didn't. Is it all right that I'm telling them this, Don? It just didn't sound good the way you said it. Yeah, it's a little creepy. Can I tell you, them what you? Can you I can tell them what you expose... said? Expose. <laughs> now I, I'm curious now. <laughs> now we have to go there, right? Yeah. So during the break, Don says, I've got uh, plastic gloves in my center console. And I'm like, whoa, okay. It puts the lotion in the basket. All (laughs) righty. But you were saying you just wear it like in situations like a gas pump or something that might be kind of germy. Rubber gloves, by the way. Yeah, that makes sense. Rubber gloves. Oh, okay. And then you have like a stun gun and some chloroform and. Even no, more come yeah. on! Come he just likes right. that snap sound when you 
put the rubber gloves on. <laughs> That's right. Zip ties, a blindfold, you know, just stuff you might need. You Plastic bags in the back. Yeah, you know, just never uh, never can tell. A bag of lime, you know, just, just in case, just, you know, be prepared. All right, so 210-599-5555. Don's social life pretty much over now. Um, yeah, what's in the center console? What do you have? Uh, I, I What got me started on this was I opened it this morning to put some napkins in, and I just had a moment where I was like, what, will you stop with the napkins you're good with the napkins. I mean, I've got all these different food places and all these different, all these different brands. What am I thinking is going to happen? We're going to have a we're going to have a a, a a fried chicken eating contest in the back seat. I mean, so many napkins. But it, you always think, well, you know, I got a few extra here from when I'm leaving Whataburger. Or I'm leaving Subway. Or I'll just stick these in the center console. So two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Um, you know what else I have is uh, I have matches. I don't smoke. I don't know anybody who smokes in my life, and I don't know what I think I'm doing with that. I guess I that feels like maybe a survival thing, you know, like if I got stranded somewhere. Like where am I going to get stranded? Driving the city. Get stranded somewhere. I'll have the matches, and I'll be able to clean up. So I'm ready. 210-599-5555. So JP Morgan. Then. What was that? You need some rubber gloves then. I'm still not seeing that, Don, to be honest. <laughs> still, still not seeing the emergency where I would need the rubber gloves. But you, you know, I was, we were trying to forget about that. We were trying to move on from that. Now you've just reminded everybody that you drive around with rubber gloves in your center console. I'm just saying. Well, though, it does make it a glove box. So, yeah. There is a good point there. N- nice, nice rescue. Thank I you. gotta say that Thank is a good point. You. I'm a that team player a here. Point. You are a team player. You're you're good that way. Um, J.P. Morgan uh, projecting that gas prices by August could hit six dollars and twenty cents a gallon. And here's why. And I'll I'll try to keep this short and sweet. Um, the national average by August could be $6.20, says commodities strategist Natasha Kaneva from J.P. Morgan. She says, we have summer driving season just beginning, and we have record diesel prices. And not only are gas prices going up, but refineries are pinched. We have insufficient refining capacity. And we have the lowest gasoline inventories that we've had in three years. And one of the reasons, she says, for that is that the existing refinery levels are being given over to producing other things, like aviation fuel. I don't know if you've looked into travel recently, but air travel is soaring, surging. And so they're producing more of it at the expense of refining gasoline for personal use vehicles. And so at a time when in a normal economy and in a normal year, they would be preparing for more driving around, right? Family vacation, road trip. Uh, They're not. It's possible we will see over $6 a gallon gas in August. 
See what happens. 210-599-5555. All right, we're going to grab a couple more of these uh, calls about the center console. What do you have in the center console of your car? What's the first thing we would see or the thing you have the most of? And John is on KTSA. Hi, John. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? I'm fantastic. And I keep a gas mileage log. It's something my dad did. I do it all the time. I write down. I can tell you what the price of gas was whenever you want to know it over the last 50 years. But uh, as an example, in uh, 2020, October of 2020, we were paying a buck 66 at Murphy and New Braunfels. Oh, you're killing me. I read where a year ago the average national price was $3, just a year ago. Yeah. So it's incredible. It's ridiculous. Yeah, in uh, 2021, in in December 9th, I paid 256. That yeah. sounds like a steal. Yeah, now it seems like the good old days. Um, do you have yeah. the the gas log because you have to report your miles or itemize? No, or? it's just something I'm. You know, my dad did it, and I just yeah. like to know how many miles per gallon I get. Sure. I get anywhere from 17 sure. to 22 miles per gallon. You know, like when I drive up to Dallas and back, and yeah. It's just one of those little quirky things. We paid a buck forty four in October, in November eighth in twenty twenty at Sam's oh, Club. <laughs> okay. You're bringing us you're you're bringing us down here, John. <laughs> These are sad stories. But that's cool that you do that. Your dad did it and now you do it. And I get that. I get sort of that it makes you feel like you're on top of things. Yeah, that's good. Thank you, John. Um one more here. Mike is on KTSA. Hi, Mike. Hey, how you doing there, uh we get some rain would be all right i'd love that yeah so what do you have in your center my... console i assume you don't have rain in your center console what do you have in there no i don't have any rain in my center console it's a toyota pickup and there's actually two compartments and then mm-hmm. the very top one i have all my gas receipts numbered mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and a little flight and then the bigger console underneath that I keep a bag of uh, menthol cough drops, and I do everything by time. One cough drop will last 30 minutes. One cigarette lasts about eight minutes. But in the back, I have a, uh, a fire extinguisher and a 50-foot rope. I carry gloves in the back. But oh, you more, too, huh? Yeah, yeah. You and Don ought to get together. Well, my uh, uh, jumper cables are in there. Mm-hmm. A few emergency things, mm-hmm. but mainly the center console has the gas receipts, and I've used a uh, additive in my gas tank okay. that came out, as far as I know, back in the forties. A Marvel oh. Mystery Oil. I have heard of that. Increased, yeah, uh, that has increased my mileage greatly. I'm hey, can a, I ask you a question about your uh, Mike? Can I ask you a question about your cough drops? Yeah. Don't they don't they melt in the center console? No, no, they don't melt. They're yeah, in a bag, okay. and I use them timely. You know, I put one in my okay. mouth; it'll last exactly thirty minutes. Okay, I, I'm going to take your word for that. Um, I appreciate your call, sir. Thank you. you. Sound like a man with you're prepared for everything and anything. You've got it all there. Thank you for the call. Yeah, no, I, I things like gum and uh, hard candy and. Stuff. I don't know. Maybe it's my car, but they, they don't they do not do too well under those conditions. You know, a number of people mentioned wet wipes. And the thing about wet wipes in the car is you've got to use them 
after a certain amount of time or they become dry wipes. You know, the the liquid just all evaporates out of the package, even if you keep it sealed. So anyway, very interesting. Little disturbing. Very revealing. A couple of things we're gonna try to unhear or forget we heard. Uh and 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 again, um, I'm never riding with Don, so just, we've established all of that now. Norma says napkins, masks, bottle and can opener, tire pressure gauge, very practical. Uh, Trisha says straws, pens, pencils, rosary, change, hairbrush, lipstick, lotion, body spray, extra pair of earrings, goggles, swim cap. Wow, gotta leave a few things in the house, right? <laughs> Driving around with your all your earthly possessions. Um, I wasn't going to take any more calls, but I do want to take this one more call because Maggie is sticking up for Don and his uh, choice of driving around with gloves in the car. Hi, Maggie. Hi. I never talked to you before, but I wanted to defend my friend there because nurses have always carried gloves in their glove compartment. <laughs> well, that's, that's understandable. I mean, uh, the thing is Don's not a nurse. But he says that he's one of those, uh, we, we just accept him as a nurse. <laughs> oh. Honorary. So he's like an honorary nurse now? Yes, he is. <laughs> okay. What else do you have besides gloves? Do you carry anything else that's unusual? or? No, just a box of 200 gloves. <laughs> just a lot. Okay. <laughs> you are really prepared. All right, Maggie, thank you. Thank you for the call. A box of 200 gloves. Don, she sounds like your dream woman. Two hundred gloves. You and her could you and her could ride off into the sunset. You'd be all set. Don doesn't want to get into this anymore. I understand. Um, Thank no, you, Maggie. I, I, yes, she she. I don't know if that was an explanation though, because you're not a nurse. You know. No, I'm not. No, you're not. So you're gonna have to. I think I'll play one on TV. Is, I think the jury is still out on this. I think we're all. Dennis was saying we've learned a lot about people today from this conversation. We have. Yeah. Because I think um, I did this. We did this topic one time only with women's purses. And what had happened was um, I had been joking with a friend of mine. Uh, she dropped her purse and like so many things came out. It was like it was like the clown car, you know. And uh, so we did this thing about what are, what are some unusual things that you carry in your purse um, but the glove compartment or the glove box or the center console, that's, you know, everybody has that. So, uh, more accessible, but again, it's the same thing. You, you, it's stuff you expect to hear and it's stuff you don't expect to hear. And then, uh, people go, when they hear other people, they realize, Oh, wait a minute. You know, I have that too. Like I've thought about other things that I forgot were in there from listening to the callers say, like, I forgot that I had the tire pressure gauge and, um, I also have, and this is weird. I have, um, probably three four pair of sunglasses cheap sunglasses and what happens is when sunglasses start to go bad you know they get kind of crooked or the lens keeps popping out or whatever a normal person would throw them away i put them in that center console so when the apocalypse happens i'll have napkins and crooked sunglasses when the aliens come when nothing works we can't start our cars there's no electricity the uh, the uh, skies are dark with the motherships. I'll have the crooked sunglasses and and napkins. Dom will have gloves. We still don't really know why. So 
hear about this. Uh, this is pretty cool. I remember when I was a kid, I, I read about Jim Ryan setting the four-mile record, the four, the sub-four-minute mile record. Uh, he did that in 1965, I think. Uh, so Jim Ryan uh, set the record and set it a number of times and got, you know, ran the mile in under four minutes. And um, that record stood until, I believe, about 20 years ago. And now a new record has been set by a high school track runner named Gary Martin at uh, uh, a school called Archbishop Wood High School in Pennsylvania. So congratulations on a sub-four-minute mile. And um, just that was something I remember as a kid I would... I would run back and forth trying to get it under four minutes. You have to understand, we, we did not have video games or cable or streaming or smartphones. This is what we did in the summer. We, we tried to see how fast we could run. That was a thing. Yeah, we tried to see how fast we could get our bikes to go. Do you remember doing that? You got on your bike with your friends and you'd, you'd time each other and see how fast you could go on a bike. Totally safe, of course, you know. Absolutely. It was probably better our parents didn't exactly know where we were and what we were doing. You know, they kind of vaguely knew. He's over at Timmy's house, but didn't exactly know what we were doing. Today was the day President Joe Biden went to Buffalo to address the massacre at the Topps supermarket there where an 18-year-old man uh, wrote a screed of hatred, spent weeks plotting, actually researching, and then went up there with the intention and carried out his twisted mission of killing black people. And um, this is a... The, the, the aftermath of a tragedy has, in recent years, always been followed by a visit a day, two, three later from whoever the president is. This is a fairly recent development. It's 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 begun in our lifetime. It's not... It hasn't always been the case, but I I really believe the political handlers of every president are afraid that if they break this pattern, if they don't go to the site of the shooting, the tragedy, the fire, the hurricane, uh, they will be described as not caring about those people. It's absurd, but it's what we do. But if you do it, at least have some words of comfort have some have some words that suggest healing express the things that are written on every american heart after something like buffalo but president biden can't do it and he can't do it because his whole political career and his rise to the presidency has been built on dividing not uniting so he's not going to turn on a dime now and I won't go through all of the things he said, but um, he, he he complained that when he talks to foreign leaders, uh, they complain to him about all the violence in America, and it bothers him that he has to justify or explain what a violent, hateful society we are in America to foreign leaders. And um, he talked about uh, how much democracy is under threat he said that that uh, these are the darkest, most dangerous days for democracy in 80 years. 
I don't know why he picked 80 years, maybe because he's been alive 80 years, or maybe he was trying to tie back to the rise of Hitler in the 30s. I, I don't know. Um, interestingly enough, um, if that's true, if America is so broken um, and and violent and democracy is gasping its last breaths, then why do we need Joe Biden? I mean, wasn't this the point of the supposed 81 million that voted for him? I thought the point was to fix and heal and unite and restore the soul of America. And Joe Biden is basically, in in blaming the whole country for what one person did, Joe Biden is also admitting that his presidency has been a flop, that there's been no unity there's been no healing. Things are things are not only not better, they're worse. And we know that anyway, but to hear him read that off the teleprompter is really something. And so we're going to talk about this and, and kind of come at this from a few different uh, angles, joined by, our, uh, by a really good friend uh, and friend of our show, conservative podcaster Chris Miller, uh, with me here on 550 and 107.1 KTSA. I was saying on the show yesterday, and Chris, by the way, welcome back. It's good to have you. I was, I was saying back. the other day, or I think it was yesterday, I, I'm tired of our leaders telling we the people how disappointing we are to them. It should be the other way around, shouldn't it? It really should. And, I, you know, it's kind of funny. This reminds me of what Clarence Thomas said the other day. about. He was talking to some people about the media and saying um, if, if he did his job, poorly as the media did their job then he you know he would i can't remember what he said if he would leave his job or he would, yeah. he would resign in the rb so, yeah. so i mean if 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 we did our job as poorly as the as the government does their job then we would be fired mm-hmm. we'd probably be we'd probably be written up on treason um <laughs> being sent out to the firing squad for a lot of things that have just happened in the past 10 years it's a, it's really a shame that we have gotten to the point as Americans in a free country, a so-called free country, to where we feel so helpless and so demoralized that we allow these people who we supposedly elected, I use that word very, I use the word elected very loosely here, we allow them to say these things to us with no recourse. I mean, it just makes me, it makes, it burns me up that we allowed Joe Biden, as a black man, it burns me up that the black community allowed Joe Biden to talk to them outside of their name, and then people still voted for him. And this is such a sweeping a sweeping issue that we really have no recourse for. There's no recompense for the things mm-hmm. that they say and the, indictment, the, the indictments that they, that they put upon us. So there, there seems to be evidence, I think pretty good evidence, that this shooter was um, racially motivated. I'm not going to argue that point. I think it's, I think it's very clear. I don't think there's any point wishy-washying around it. Um, he acted out of hate. But it is worth wondering where that hate came from. If it's, if it's worth asking where the gun came from, it's worth asking where the hate came from. So from what you've seen of this, walk me through how does, how does an 18-year-old get to this point? Well, I think it has a lot to do with the sensitization, the, 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 the constant flow of violence 
in our in our country, and it's not it's not something that you cannot you cannot connect all of this to the gun because the uh, to the weapon because the weapon is just the medium. The me the it's more it's about more so the uh, the the constant flow of information and the constant uh, the ideas that are being um, that are just being propagated. And I think that we have to we have to really dig in deep to see where that's coming from. But we also have to dig in deep to see why these children are why these these people. He's not even a child, and he's a grown up now. He's eighteen. We have to see why these people are so um, so malleable. Why they why they're so their minds are so spongy when it comes to to these ideals. And well, I think so child is the right word because undoubtedly this had to have started. Uh, right, while he was yeah. a child, yeah, he's he's a, he's an adult now, and he should face adult consequences for this act. But, um, you know, you you don't you're not born hating people of another color. You have to be taught that. Exactly. Who's t- who's teaching that, it? That's the thing. We're we're not digging deep enough to see where this is all starting. We're not looking in the households. We're not expecting people to raise their kids. We're expecting schools to raise them, and we know that the schools are in a defunct state as far as the public schools go. Um, but we're not looking, we're not looking deep enough into into uh, the, the personal lives, the home lives of these people. I mean, there's tons of red flags. Uh, this kid had tons of red flags. He, he was investigated by by the by the FBI police or whoever, um, and he's had threats against his school. So we're, right. we're not we're not getting these things. These we're not having. Uh, that's a breakdown of communication. Well, I mean, you look at the you look at all the things we're told we that we need to have or need to do. Uh, red flag laws, he was red flagged. Mental health resources, he was in the mental health system. See something, say something, he threatened his school. I mean, it, 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 all the things they tell us are the remedies, he blew through them. And I wonder if the reason politicians can't be honest about this story is because maybe part of it was the last year and a half, two years of, of shutting down the country what was this guy who then would have been, you know, 15, 16, 17, where, what, what deep, dark hole of the Internet did he go down to, to write this 180-page screed to get these, these uh, radicalized ideas to stir up in, in, his, in his mind all this hatred? I mean... That would that would have been refreshing to hear the politicians say, "Boy, this is a pretty clear indication we should not have shut down the schools, we should not have shut down the country." But they'll never do that, right? And they, and this goes to show, like these kids weren't learning anything. Well, I say they weren't learning anything. They were learning something, but it wasn't it yeah. wasn't anything, any, you know, anything productive. You know, you give you give. That's so simple. You give a kid. I, what I say, idle hands at the devil's playground, or devil, mm-hmm. the devil's plaything, whatever. Mm-hmm. When you give a child unsupervised time, and you and you take them out of a structured environment, you let loose the dogs of war. You you un, yeah. you unleash all sorts of opportunity for them to do what children do. Children are very very uh, easily molded, easily shaped in their minds, and they will take hold of the most radical of ideas. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad. You give them the time. And the resources they have unlimited internet time, unlimited free time. The parents have work. There's no supervision. What do you expect? These kids aren't passing classes. We're behind so many other countries even further because of the fact that we haven't had an opportunity to teach our children. Our children haven't had any social construct, so they're out there just running around finding things where they can. Yeah. The president went to Buffalo today to uh, speak to and about.
the tragedy that happened there on Sunday. But but his words were divisive, not uniting. Um, and it's becoming increasingly clear that not only do our political leaders not have answers or the answers we need, but government itself uh, does not. We're talking about that right now with uh, a good friend, Chris Miller, who's a conservative podcaster. And Chris, when you and I talk, we talk about both being dads. So um, this is this is a moral issue. Um, I don't believe our whole country is is racist. I don't believe our whole country is hateful. Um, I think it's abhorrent that politicians blame the whole country for the actions of a few people. But but isn't it fair to say that a government that cannot um, get us, you know, a tank of gasoline, can't get us baby formula, uh, cannot repair the supply chain it broke, um, probably does not have the answer to our moral issues or parenting issues either. I mean, why are we turning to these people? They're failures. Uh, well, Jack, I think you just stated the million-dollar question right there. Why do we turn to the government to solve any of our issues? When have they ever been effective in actually solving an issue that they didn't create? And, you know, for that matter, when they, the ones they did create. We look at them as our saviors, and and when we when we realize that we have more to do with each other and and being able to um, communicate with one another, one another to solve our own issues, we'd be in a much better place. We, the government's gotten us into trillion dollars, trillions of dollars of debt, with no no means to get us out. With no even, I don't think they've ever had any forethought, forethought of actually trying to do that in the first place. Why would we start? Why would we put our faith in them to begin with? Well, I think I think a lot of us look at what's going on right now, and we think to ourselves. We didn't get the, we didn't get here overnight. Okay, the 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 circumstances uh, that led to Buffalo, that led to Laguna, that led to Houston. Th- these didn't these these things didn't happen overnight. There were ninety eight people shot in Chicago over the weekend. We don't we're not even talking about that. Ninety eight people. So we didn't get here overnight. We're probably not going to get out of it overnight. But politicians are only interested in things they can accomplish in their term, right? Things they can knock out and brag about before the next election. So if we acknowledge this is a long-term fix, we've got to be prepared to do work that they're not prepared to do. Right, and that's that's one of the main conclusions that people should draw from when they're, when they're thinking about who they vote for. And we as, we as a... Uh, as the proletariat, whatever you want to call it, we as the people, we need to start looking at these problems with a more um, a, a longevity sense of uh, sense of being to it. We need to actually have a plan. When we go and we see who, who we're voting for, we need to understand who that person associates with. We need to understand what their platform has been over the over the course of their career, what their, what they uh, what institutions they come from, because that is who directly affects where they're going to put their, their votes when they go into Congress and how they're going to manipulate their, their, their time in Congress. And we need to look at term limits and things like that as well. And we need to mm-hmm. understand people go to these, they never, they're not supposed to go there for the purpose of furthering their own, uh, furthering right. their own careers. They're supposed to go there so that they can do what's right for their communities. And then come back to their communities. Yeah, you said a lot right there. Um but I mean, I keep thinking about the fact that okay, we we know the numbers. Church attendance is in decline. Religious affiliation is in decline. 
But it's not that people don't have religion. It's that other things have supplanted religion. There is a religion of faith in government. There is a religion of uh, addiction to the Internet um, or, or ideologies. So when you replace belief in a higher power with belief in these things, is it any surprise that we would get the outcomes we're getting? And what's the answer to that? What do you do about that? Well, I think that we need to stop looking at religion as 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 we as a because we've got we've gotten this. And I'm being a religious person or, or, or a Christian. I, I have sat in church and I've heard people that don't want to go to church talking about how everybody in church is a hypocrite, and there's a reason for that. We need to kind of retool the uh, the association with with uh, church is not it's not about religion or spirituality it's about um it's about the moralistic values it's actually about belief and it's about faith people have lost and the, the bigger the, the the bigger picture of this is that people have lost faith people have lost faith in their government they've lost faith in their religion they've lost they lost faith in uh in them but see i would argue that they have they've they've shifted their faith so look at the people that were lighting fauci candles last year that's a religion. Oh, yeah. It's just like science has become a religion. Science yeah, I mean, it's not that they don't have a system, but they've bought into systems that don't satisfy. Ultimately, it doesn't right. satisfy. And and if there's no fixed sense of right and wrong, then you can start believing that a Supreme Court justice who has a different opinion than you doesn't deserve to live or doesn't deserve to be able to go home to his or her family. I mean, when when you're your own god... Anything goes. And that's one of those things that it's, and we're starting to see people buy into uh, this Alison Crowley thing of do as thou wilt. And we, we, have lost, we have lost our way, our moral compass, and people are starting to believe there are no consequences for the action. And that's why you see these things like these shootings. These children and these people are going out with no regard for the consequence of their action. And, they, and there's people that go out looking to be um, celebritized. They don't see the great. They don't see the greater picture. They don't see there being anything um, that's going to um, affect them in the long term. They don't see that. And you see children that are acting out of character now. That good good kids that have gone bad. They're acting this way because they don't see consequence. They don't see past mm-hmm. their actions. And, and now you're seeing grown adults acting just as children because they haven't they haven't grown out of that 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 mindset of mm-hmm. consequences for your actions. And that's how government's acting. Is that there's no consequence for that? Actually, look at look at all these things that are happening. And this is a perfect example. Whenever you see, and I don't want to get too deep in the weeds of this, but whenever you see Democrats doing something, Republicans throw up their hands and say, "Oh, they can't do that." But what is the consequence for the things that they're doing? The things that mm-hmm. they're when these people are going and violating the Constitution by going mm-hmm. to these these people's house, these uh, justices' houses. That is a felony. But nobody's doing anything. But when we go to when we go and peacefully march, there's not everybody that was at the January sixth um, uh, conflict was a was a peaceful person. But the people that were peaceful, they've gone to jail and have not seen the light of day. Yeah. And no, there's there's no recourse for that. I'm glad I'm glad you brought this up, and I do want to continue this because the the point you just made about we see the other whatever side we're on, we think the other side's getting away with uh, this and that, and there's no and then. Eventually, people start thinking, well, I'm going to do what they're doing. And I do want to tell people where they can find your 
podcast, Chris. Before we do that, though, you you got into something right before the break that was, I think, spot on. You were saying that we watch people in power be uh, basically caught uh, violating the Constitution, violating the law, uh, taking money, taking payoffs, and nothing ever happens. There's no there's no perp walk. There's no trial. There's no prison time. It eventually, I think, gives people the idea that if this is how the game is played, we need to play this way, too, lawlessly, bare knuckles, you know, hold nothing back. And that makes for, a, you know, uh, basically, that's a recipe for, for anarchy. That's absolutely correct. And when you think about it, it's a trickle-down. So when we, it's like when you when you watch your parents, constantly break the law or, or commit offenses against other human beings. That is how you, if the child thinks that that's okay. And not to say that right. Americans are children, but if you get us into if when you think of the larger, larger masses acting irrationally, it's they're acting at the, at the, uh, they're acting how, just about how they see. So mm-hmm. if you see these things, I'm saying, and we, I know that you've talked about this before, but, and I know people are making this connection about the Will Smith incident. I don't want to check. I don't want to, go too deep into this, but when Dave Chappelle was attacked on stage, or, you know, people were making the connection that, okay, well, people think that you can just go up on stage and do whatever you want to yeah. do because Will Smith went yeah. up and smacked uh, Chris Rock. People are, people are um, acting irrationally because that's, that's where we're at as a nation right now. It's a sad thing to say, but if we, we have to be real and look in the mirror and see that people aren't, um, there is a, de- a breakdown or degradation of society as a whole. And you're seeing the hearts of men wax cold, as they say in the Bible, where, where people are being less and less compassionate towards one another. When you, and now when you pair that with the way that you see our elected officials, and I hate this term, but some people say that the ruling elite, I really hate that term because they're not my ruler. But when you see these people who are supposed to be our leaders, our representatives acting in a way that is not in line with the Constitution and, and the founding fathers' beliefs and the things that we all hold so true and dear, then you will see a breakdown of society. You will see people acting in accordance with how their elected officials act because they feel like and they've gone through enough to say, hey, you know what? If they can do it, I should be able to do it. And you mm-hmm. can't watch. They're not, they're not totally wrong. They're, what they're doing is wrong, just like the officials, what they're doing is wrong. But you can't expect them to do anything other than what they see because that's, that's the irrational breakdown of society. Yeah, and I think if we go back to when we were talking about the diminution of faith and faith traditions and church, so our, our grandparents had more than one set of authority figures in their life, right? They had the, the, they had the government, but then they also had their faith leaders, they had their church leaders, they had their community leaders, if all of that is just all government, all politics, there isn't there isn't any other. And if those are not good people, or they are giving misdirection, which I believe they are, uh, then you've got no alternative. At least, at least at one time, you might have said, "Well, these politicians are crooked and corrupt, but we have other people we look to for guidance or leadership, or who are setting a good example for us. And I think now what needs to happen is we need to be our own leaders. We need to lead our families. We need to lead our children, um, because we can't outsource that to the, the the institutions we used to count on. They're they're letting us down. That's perfect. I mean, that's 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 a perfect statement right there. And you think about this: they have taken out of the household. They've taken the father out first. 
and then they demoralize them. Now they've taken the mother out of the household, yeah. and they yeah. have they have totally shifted all of the responsibility onto teachers and anybody else that may be. I mean, if it's not the teachers, then it's the streets. Just like uh, I think that um, Denzel Washington said, if the, if the parents don't raise them, the t- and the the teachers don't raise them, then they're going to be the mother. The streets are going to be their mother, and the jails are going to be their fathers. We have reached a place where we're in this. We're at we're at this crossroads where. Nobody has anyone to look up. Just like you said, nobody has anyone to look up to. So they look to celebrities. They look to these young, dumb celebrities that have no basis of reality. They don't live in the same world as we do. And they look at them and think that that's okay. That's how you should live. That's how you should act. So we're taking all of the, we're taking, especially in the black community, I see this a whole lot. People are revering people that have no, they don't care anything about them. That's the reason that they make the music that they make. And there's people behind them that let them make that music and they push that music because this is what this is what they want. And this is how society breaks down because this, the focus has been shifted away from the people that actually need this, uh, that actually need to be in that place. And it's been put on, the, that responsibility has been put on people that have no recourse. And think about all these, uh, all these celebrities. They, they are not to be revered. I'm I'm sorry. That's, they play a children's game. Do, for a do you do you see years. that starting to change? Do you see that that reverence starting to crack? Because to me, the the Will Smith thing, the attack on Dave Chappelle, some of the stuff Dave Chappelle has been saying, I, I almost I almost and and I think the general re- repulsion at critical race theory that that people are are realizing how repulsive and radical that is. I, I get the feeling people are waking up to what you're describing. Do you feel like we might be starting to see the light here? I think I think it hasn't reached, reached critical mass yet. There are people that are it's it's happening slower in some communities than others. People are starting to turn that corner, and I see I see it happening a lot in the black community that people are starting to. I mean, it, and we talked about this before about how Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton used to be the word, the the, yes. the he- heavenly authority, like. But now people have wakened up to they've awakened to the fact that these are they're race hustlers. They're 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 out there trying to make a buck. People can see now. They, t- I mean, you tell people enough to follow the money, and then you start yeah. to see. Now, now the mo- now the money's evident. You can't hide the money on the internet anymore. So now yeah. people see that, that where they're where they're coming from. They see every time they see, they notice the pattern. You tell them enough, they notice the pattern. And you pick it up. Yeah. And now, and these revelations, right. the revelations about the BLM money, I think, are are a, are a real hammer blow to that whole thinking. Um, I mean, you don't even have to you you, you don't have to say anything, right? You don't, you don't even have to express right. an opinion. Just what, when people see the, the the outlays and how the money is being spent, it's it's it really is uh, shameful. Uh, Chris, I always I always love when we get a chance to talk. For folks that want to check out your podcast, where's the best way to find that? Uh, they can go on Facebook and look at the Chris Miller Show, and they can go to chrismillershow dot com to get some background. Um, I, I just got uh, my clearance on True Social, so I'm about to start uploading there. I have a, I have a um, I have um, a book coming. I don't know if I can plug that, but I have a book sure. that I'm working on right now. It's going to be called, well, I don't know if I should even plug the name yet, but it's going to be, I'll tell you this. I'll give you a little subset. It's going to be something that's going to open the eyes to a, to a significant amount of Americans, black Americans that, were, that have been overlooked, and it's going to tell our story. It's going to tell the awesome. story of people that have been overlooked. Well, keep me posted on that. It's chrismillershow.com, Chris Miller Show on Facebook and on Truth Social. And, Chris, always great to have you on this show. Thank you for coming on tonight. 
Absolutely. It's always a pleasure. God bless. All right. Take good care. God bless you and your family as well. Uh, Coming up, the results on our Stevens Roofing JR poll, 210-599-5555. You know, um, in the vein of what we were just talking about, I I was thinking this afternoon, okay, so the president went to Buffalo, and as I mentioned, in, in all fairness, any president would have gone because that's the thing we we demand they do it is unnecessary but we've made it a political expedient it, it's it's harder to explain not going to the scene of a tragedy than to just go so he went but how do you decide where to go like the president today went to buffalo but 98 people shot in chicago an 11 year old girl was gunned down in new york city over the weekend what do you say to them? What do you say to her people? What do you say to the witnesses and and uh, victims of these uh, outbreaks of violence? And and what really, even if you go to all those places, I mean, he can fly around, he's got his own plane, but what do you really have to say? Is all you're going to do, just to repeat the talking points, your legislative agenda, is it really helpful to say, it's the other party's fault. And then, of course, if the Republicans get the presidency, will they go around and say it's the Democrats' fault? And whatever you or I believe about that, and we may we may believe it is one side's fault, but what's the value of that, ultimately? If presidents were going uh, and making these trips as um, as if they were speaking above the fray, if they were if they were doing this in the vein of hey we're all on the same page here we all hate this we all revile this we will not be defeated by this if presidents spoke of the things that are eating at the the fabric of our country the way they sometimes speak about foreign enemies right we're all together we're all united we shall prevail right i mean think of Bush after 9-11 or Winston Churchill, if that's what was being said, then you'd welcome the sight of Air Force One in the skies over a city that had been hit like Buffalo was hit. But that's not what we do. That's not what he's doing. And there's no expectation that's going to change anytime soon. We asked you on the JR poll about the Bear County Democratic, uh, the Bear County Judge Democratic runoff. It's between uh, Sakai and Minhares. And uh, the way it came out tonight across all of our voting... Uh, Sakai 59%, Minhares 41%. We'll have a new JR poll question tomorrow and, of course, anytime at KTSA.com. And our show is available on demand anytime. We have more and more people that are choosing to listen in the morning and on weekends or late at night or breaking it up. And you can take us with you anytime, anywhere, whole show episodes. And usually each show... Uh, like tonight's show will usually be available by about 9 or 10 o'clock at night. So it takes a little while to populate over there on the Jack Riccardi page, ktsa.com. So I was going to tell you, I, I, um, I took a survey today on the phone. I don't usually do this, but I was working and I had my phone with me and they've been trying to call me from the CDC. I, I'm not, I'm not kidding. Once you're a, once you get the vaccine and you're in their, in their universe, you're like friends for life. So anyway, I took a survey. And I know most of you probably wouldn't have done it. And I did it because I was curious to see what the survey would be about. I I wasn't worried about my personal information. I figure the government already knows everything they're ever going to want to know about Jack Riccardi. But um, it was a survey relating to the fact that, you know, you've had the, 
you've had the vaccine or you've had the virus. So anyway, it was mostly predictable questions. It took maybe 10 minutes, and it was about, you know, boosters and shots and rate this and how easy was it to do that and have you had other vaccines? I said, yeah, I've had the, you know, the annual flu shot. I've had the shingles vaccine. They asked some of the Michigan stuff about income and race, which you expect in every survey about everything, right? You could take a survey about peanut butter and they want to know your household income and your, your race. But anyway, the, the one question I thought was weird, and maybe you would think all the questions were weird or you might think it was weird that I even took their survey. But again, I always, have a little bit of sympathy for the people that are conducting the survey, like the, the phone people. That, that, that's, a, that's a tough job. So, so I'll help her out. I'll tell the survey. The one thing that, that stood out was, and I forget the exact wording. I wish I had written it down. She asked me, uh, how many of the people you know would you estimate have had the COVID-19 vaccine. Now, how would I know that? I mean, who? how would you know that? I mean, you probably know people that have told you they got it. You probably know people that told you, I'm not getting it. And then there's a whole lot of people you don't know about, and you're not going to know, and you wouldn't know. And it just seemed like a very... And again, I wasn't going to hassle her and go, why are you asking me that? But I mean, it's a very weird question. That question right there is why people are suspicious of the whole survey process, the whole data gathering process. Anyway, you and I will chit-chat about this, that, and the other thing tomorrow. See you live here on the radio at 4.